Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome to the show, of course, my, my co-host is Sina Gazavi. He's here. And let me welcome Donald Hawkins and Dr. Melody Wright. They are the founder and CEO of Kenley. Kenley, bkenley.com, K-I-N-L-Y. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having us, Karen. Oh, in unison. Y'all, okay. First of all, <laughs> first of all, how did y'all connect to do this work? The racial reckoning of 2020 kicked it all off. I mean, all of us were sitting in our homes, couldn't go anywhere, and you couldn't escape what was happening in 2020. Uh, you know, political unrest, COVID-19, all the things were happening. And May 2020 changed everything for so many of us and uh, just got the motivation to put my name in the ring to build something that would help Black America unapologetically build wealth and uh, started searching for people that were like minded and uh, fell upon Dr. Melody's uh, profile, you know, and I'll let her dig into all the amazing things she's done with Broke on Purpose and loved how she had uh, taught herself along with others around her how to work their way out of debt. But as opposed to just using that to enrich herself, she was actually helping other people, slid in her DMs one or two times to, to see if she would be willing to join. And, and once she realized that I wasn't a bot, you know, uh, she reached out and, and we got connected and we've been uh, so excited to have her on board. Now, what was your background, though, Derek, Derek Donald Hawkins? What was your background uh, to even serial have Serial entrepreneur. Okay. Yep, right. serial entrepreneur. Like I've touched a lot of different industries and ended up in the, the financial industry some years ago, working on software solutions for community banks and credit unions and, and realized in the digital banking space, there was no representation, you know, with Black America, but everybody was coming after us, you know, to become their customers, right. you know, and I figured, you know, representation is so important. And, and if we're going to solve something, it's going to have to be from our community. Well, we were just talking about crypto before you came in. I was like, you know, the blockchain is everything, but crypto has in many, many forms is a Ponzi scheme and they go after the black folk because they need somebody to come in last so they can cash out. So you go after the TIs and all of the other celebrities, Kardashians, whatever, because, you know, they, they know how to market to us. And then we get left holding the bag when these things go belly up, which I am vehemently against. Um, Dr. Melody Robinson Wright um, and I'm looking at your, your mentors and you have Omalade on there, uh, who has a show here on Sundays, every Sunday on urban view. And, uh, so you have a lot of dope people. What is, what is your background in this? You were a scientist. Yeah. So I actually started off, um, with a background in science. So I'm a PhD trained scientist, microbiology, immunology. And actually while I was doing my PhD, I realized that my husband and I had, $212,000 of debt, but that number didn't include our mortgage, right? So in that, in that, in realizing that I was looking for ways to try to get out of the hole that we had dug ourselves in. And I did what anybody would do. You know, I kind of went to the bank and I was like, well, maybe I can get a consolidation loan to, you know, help pay off some of these bills. But unfortunately that bank turned me down. And when they turned me down, they didn't even offer any type of help to say, well, here's how you can create a budget. Here's how you can manage your money. Here's how you could, you know, do something with your credit score. So the onus was on me to really figure out how I 
I was going to, you know, help my family get through this mess. And so, you know, after digging into all the personal finance books and things like that, I kind of leaned on what I've been trained to do as a scientist and just figure it out for myself. Um, and I created what's called a money management system and launched my brand called Broke on Purpose, which was originally just me sharing my story of how I was going to get out of this $212,000 of debt. Fast forward three years later, we had paid off over $100,000 of that debt. And, you know, I walked away from science and committed my life to really helping others, you know, figure out how they were going to manage their money and get to a place of having financial wellness instead of just financially surviving. Dr. Melody, how did you... I was going to say, Cena's got a lot of, what was it, 300 some thousand dollars? I had 300 coming out of law school. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was a long time. Down to like, you know, not so much now. Sorry, go ahead. I just, I just wanted to like, give us some tips on what you did. I mean, I I imagine you and your husband are high net worth earners, like you earn money. Now we are. But when we just first started, so I was a PhD student, so I okay. was making the bare minimum. I was making less than minimum wage as a PhD student. So we were technically living on one and a you know quarter salary if you you know want to combine it all together. And so really, what I did was I said, you know what, like let's just look at where we're spending our money. And then let's just say we're not going to spend on anything we don't need. So if it's not like a utility bill, if it's not groceries, and I apologize for my dogs barking in the background. It's not dog food, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's not dog food. We're not going to spend our money on it. And in that first month, we were able to find an additional $2,500 that we were able to put towards our debt. All right, what were you doing? Wait, hold on, hold on, Dr. Melody, because this, you know, and and it's instructive for people. Yeah, you can't just skip that. Finding $2,500 a month is no small thing so what was the thing what were the things that you cut out that equal $2,500 a month you know what it was it was the daily coffee because I lived in Philly so I stopped at Duncan you know that's what we did it was the eating out and it was the spending money on just frivolous things like oh this looks nice I'll buy this or I'll buy that right so when I cut out all that unnecessary spending and only spend it on the things that we the essentials, the things that you needed to survive, I realized that probably 60% of what we were spending was going to food. I mean, we were eating pretty good (laughs) for a month. Um, And so that's what we did. And so we just got really strict on how we were using our money. We gave each dollar that came into our lives a job. So if a dollar came in, you were going to savings, you were going to this credit card bill, you were going to this, that, you know, whatever. And that's kind of how we were able to really get out of that debt. Um, and it was a very strict lifestyle, something that I don't recommend to others. But, you know, once we paid off that $100,000, I pivoted so that we could live a life of balance where, yes, we still have some debt left over, but we're going to live it, live our lives in such a way where we can enjoy life, but pay down this debt at the same time. Mm. All right. So Donald Hawkins, how did you take this philosophy, this mentality and turn it into an app? You know, we, we kind of started off by looking at the, the baseline of where things were at the community. There are a lot of myths, right? Black America and a lot of underserved communities have a lot of anxiety when it comes to money. We all have our thing. Like I, I joke and say, my mom doesn't even call money money. She calls it a package. Did you send your sister that package, right? It's just something that money has over us. But it goes back to the very beginning. And a lot of us don't know that history. You know, so 1863... We know that Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, What we also don't know is that as part of that process, uh, he rewarded Black Civil War veterans and eventually all newly freed slaves uh, a bank. 
called Freedman Savings and Trust. This was two years before Goldman Sachs, two years before Bank of Italy, right? So Black America had a bank, 15 branches nationwide, you know, newly freed slaves was like, yo, Abraham Lincoln's the homie, he freed us and we got a bank. We don't know what money is, but we'll figure it out. Uh, and the bank had an all white board that as you could imagine, could care less about black depositors and funds from those depositors uh, went to fund entities like the KKK. Bank did extremely poorly, right? They had to bring in somebody to reinvigorate the base and they brought in Frederick Douglass, who we do know about, right? Abolitionist newspaper, cool hair Frederick Douglass. He came in and knew how important a financial platform was for Black America and decided that he was going to really show people how serious he was. And a Black man in the 1860s deposited $10,000 into Freedman Savings and Trust. And further down the line, uh, less than a year of him being on the job, he realized that they brought him to try to resurrect the ghost. The bank wasn't growing and he left. A year later, that bank closed and the rub for a lot of the depositors was that there was no federal deposit insurance. So you're a newly freed slave. You literally have your pennies in this bank, the most restrictive bank rules you could imagine. You can only withdraw a certain amount per month. You don't even tell people that this happened. How do you have that conversation? What attorney do you call in the 1860s? What attorney can you afford in the 1860s? And you think about other underserved groups that also couldn't put their money in American banks, like the Jewish community, and they had to create their own. Goldman Sachs was one of those banks that was created out of America, not allowing Jewish people to bank with them, and um, number two investment bank in the world. Uh, a few years after that, Italians came over here to work, couldn't put their money in American banks, so they created Bank of Italy. Which is now Bank of America. Later, Bank of America. So we've seen examples of underserved groups create financial platforms that not only benefit their community, but the whole. Every time Black America has tried that, we know what's happened in Tulsa, Rosewood. We used to have over 200 Black-owned banks. There's now 17. So we know, um, my thought process was... Okay. Go ahead, Harry. I just wanted to just recommend, of course, uh, Color of Money. Uh, Sina, say, re- pronounce Mercer's name for us. Yeah, Marissa Baradaran uh, wrote Color yes. of Money. We actually covered Friedman's Bank and the Cook Brothers on our show, Fraudsters, because that was a huge scam. They were taking that money. They actually didn't let the people that were depositing, the Black folks that were depositing those pennies, they didn't fund that money to into their communities to like give the mortgages. They said, you're only going to use this as a savings bank. There was no insurance. They were funding the uh, the railroad bubble that was uh, like the Union Pacific Railroad, and that was a huge bubble uh that burst everything collapsed and yeah frederick douglas came in by the time he found out that this was a total scam he had already lost all that money it is a absolute scam the way that that went down it's just like heartbreaking and and to be formally enslaved because they were human beings something happened to them you know we we give them this moniker but i think that dehumanizes uh, people who had an event happen to them on not in their own doing we call them slaves and that to, to me, somehow, you know, we, we, that's a category, but something happened. These are human beings that fought for the, for this country, fought for this country and trusted that, you know, I don't know, know what the pennies were, but they had million, millions of dollars from the 4 million people that were formerly enslaved and freed in a bank. And then they f- destroyed their wealth. So that's number one, right? Not only didn't they not get the 40 acres or the mule, but then had their money stripped. So you're thinking Donald Hawkins was, I'm going to do what? 
I'm going to create my ancestors wildest dreams because back then Frederick Douglass never thought that there would be the space created called neo banking. Never thought that we could build the financial platform on top of an existing bank, would have FDIC insurance and can service people equitably across the country. Wasn't thought of. And even when the neobank space was created, nobody was thinking that we were going to get involved because we don't typically get involved. But we know a lot of the large incumbent neobanks and a lot of those executives came from, you guessed it, Bank of America, Wells Fargo and the like, because they understand, you know, how that process works. You know, so that was the thought process. What if there was a platform that unapologetically supported Black America? No code words, no diversity, no minority, Black, right? Secondly, what if there was a platform that helped Black America reclaim its annual economic impact? We spend $1.7 trillion every year in the U.S. Black America by itself would be the 12th largest nation on earth, just based on our own spend. And less than 3% of that stays in our community. And then the other focal point was passive wealth building, right? You know, we have generations now, millennials and, and Gen Zers who have seen Gen Xers and beyond struggle. Like that's become the norm for our community. Grind, 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 struggle. Then you got to get a GoFundMe to put your family member on the ground. We've seen that. We're accustomed to that. But there's generations now that want to do better, that are actively making moves to do better. So what if we had a platform that made that process easier for them? Because we don't trust the current resources to teach us. Everybody's a guru. I mean, Karen, you mentioned earlier how crypto has really taken a hold in our community. 35% of Black America holds some type of cryptocurrency. But let's talk about stocks. 1.6% of us hold stocks. And that's because we so, feel well, cryptocurrency that, wait, is a the, better path. Whoa. Dr. Melody, Dr. Melody, make that make sense. Dr. Melody Wright is here. Donald Hawkins is here. They are the CEO and, and founders of Kinley, K-I-N-L-Y.com, Kinley, And you can go to Kinley Official. Uh, on Twitter, how is it that fewer than 2% of us invest in the thing that is the foundation of our American economy, but we will run over to a Ponzi scheme that we don't know anything about and 35% of us hold some crypto, but no stock. Right. But let's think about it though. So crypto was marketed as the sexy thing to jump in and get rich quick. Like you're going to make some fast money. If you get into some type of crypto, you buy some type of coin. When it comes to investing in the stock market, we talk about it's a long game, right? So you have to put your money in and over so many years, you're going to earn so much in returns, right? And then you'll be able to take it out and that's how you retire and be able to do other things. That's not sexy. That's not cool. You don't have any bros who are pushing, you know, investing in stock. And so people really want to get on, get in on what's the upcoming thing, what's moving fast, what's going to make the money quick. And that's why more people jumped into crypto than they would jump into, you know, investing, even with retirement. Retirement is not something that is pitched as being sexy and cool, but it is something that's going to lay the foundation for a legacy. And that's how we have to really look at it when it comes to our money. Mm. I'm sorry, Cena, you wanted to say something. No, I'm I can't more than one in three in crypto and 1% in the stock. I, 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 I knew it was, I knew it was rough, but I didn't know that is, that is crazy. You know, the connection point there that, that we, we've realized is that when you think about money, money is one of the most private things that everybody has in their life. Nobody's posting their bank account balance, right? Nobody's posting their investment account balance. But if somebody bought Doge, guess what? Uh, Every day yeah. we saw people posting, yo, you know, buy this, buy this. I flipped a hundred to do this. And when things reach my mother, I know it's gone viral within the community. <laughs> Your yeah. mother was talking about Dogecoin. <laughs> 
When oh. my mom called me about that, I'm like, oh boy, oh. it's 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 gonna be the tough. mama metric is a really good data point. One hundred percent. Yeah. A couple yeah, of yeah. weeks ago, uh, Art Basel uh, posted people's ATM balances. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it made me so uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I felt sick looking at that. It had a leaderboard. Um, what you know, and and it is it is something that black folk in uh, culturally, we don't talk about money. We don't share it. I remember having this conversation with Tiffany Aliche and you know, her dad would sit him down and like, this is where the money, this is the electric bill. This is how much that is. And as little girls, you know, you are the daughters were introduced to the, fa- the money comes in and this is where it goes. So there was an understanding very early. They don't teach it in schools, financial literacy, because they want us ignorant so they can take advantage. So the 1% can continue to continue to be wealthy. Uh, you need an ignorant populace, not so ignorant that, you know, we don't participate, but you need them fairly ignorant and we're fairly ignorant uh, of finances. So how does Kenley solve that problem? Cause that's what tech is all about, right? Well, a couple different ways. I'll kind of speak to the, the tech side of things and I'll let Dr. Melody talk about what we do on the financial education side. So first thing we decided to do was lower the barrier to entry for people to get started. Everybody has a mobile app nowadays uh, and downloading apps to manage financials, something that people are pretty accustomed to. So we have an account, full depository account, FDI uh, insured through our bank sponsor, Bancor. Uh, there's no minimum deposit you know, required. We have over 55,000 national ATMs that are fee-free, 90,000 locations people can load their account. We give people access to their paycheck up to two days early. We have direct deposit switching, and we do things to make it easy for people to get a debit card, which is uh, brought to them by our partner Visa, that they can transact all over the country uh, as well. You know, And because we don't have things like those monthly fees that most uh, banks have, you know, and again, we don't have the monthly fees folks have the or the uh, minimum balances folks are able to get a card in their hand with a company built by people that look like them and that support you know their initiatives and their community and our goal is to grow with them so that's what we do on the technical side coming soon we have a feature that i'm really excited about that we're going to be launching in in black history month uh where we're going to reward people for spending money at black owned businesses. And that feature is called cash back for buying black where people can earn up to 15% cash back when they spend money at black owned businesses, along with over 15,000 other retailers that we have in our platform. Investments are in our future, uh, wealth management's in our future, credit cards are in our future as well. So that's the technical side, but what I'm most excited about is how we speak to people on the financial education front. I'm curious about the algorithm that identifies black owned businesses because I know BLAP Black, you know, and we love John Lester, but a lot of them business, some of them businesses were not black owned. So how do you, how do you know that you're actually purchasing from a black owned business? What, what is your back end to verify? It's a thorough process. I mean, so right now we have an API that we've developed that checks black owned businesses against a number of directories. Plus we have some additional kind of things in the background, little elves that I can't divulge just yet uh, that make sure that we verify those businesses are black owned. Something that's also interesting though, is, is even with that, uh, a lot of the other entities that have kind of blackwashed businesses for some type of credit typically don't have the audience right? That's interested in those black owned businesses. So we kind of have the best of both worlds, you know, a black owned, you know, neo bank app, black businesses, and also an audience that wants to participate and spend money with those businesses too. 
Dr. Wendy, um, excuse me, Melody, Dr. Melody Wright is here, uh, as well as Donald Hawkins. They are the founder and CEO of Kinley. What's the education piece? And I see you have mentors on there. As I mentioned, Omalade Bell is one of them. What is that when we log on? What do we get? Yeah, so when you log into the Kinley app, what we wanted to really make sure is that the financial education that we provided didn't didn't just talk at people, it talked with them. And so speaking the language of our community was very, very important to us. And so how we crafted out our financial education is not going to be like financial education that you're going to find anywhere else. You're not just going to find something that, oh, I read through and I click through this and I'm expected to get it, right? So we actually have audio-focused financial education that users can come on and listen to that have great soundtracks in the background and cover over 60 different financial and financial adjacent topics with over 400 different subtopics. And so we're talking about, you know, the basics of um, finances. So banking foundations all the way up to money in marriage, money in relationships to how do I manage my finances when I'm dealing with a divorce. So we're covering all types of different topics because we want to make sure that we're meeting our community everywhere where they are when it comes to their money. And we know that money touches every aspect of their life. So we don't want to just focus on saving, investing, retirement, and budgeting. We want to focus on those other areas as well. And so that's what we have inside the app. Now, outside the app, we're doing a lot of other great things where we're actually getting in front of our users and teaching them about different financial topics. And so this is something that we're partnering with some of our money mentors on that you mentioned before. So we have what are called money momentum events where users, or even if you're not a Kinley user, but you're just curious, you can actually attend one of our money momentum events and learn about, you know, different topics like house hacking. We just had an event on money mistakes and some of the mistakes that we've made and how we flip those mistakes into success. We have other um, events coming up with our partners like Freeman Capital on, you know, how to level up your finances for 2023 and so much more. So we're really making sure that we are bridging that gap between financial education and financial wellness. We're not just going to give you the education. We want to make sure that you take it and you internalize it. And then you're able to say, you know what? I feel good about my money. I know how to manage it. I know how to go and seek out knowledge and information. And so you're at a place where you feel financially well. So we don't want to just talk about it. We want to be about it too. I love it. Um, well, listen, this is uh, in this you know, era that we're in, we need more and more. I feel like, you know, the work that you're doing is important. And, uh, you know, when the folk who are listening, they sign on, what, what experience do you want them to have? Donald? You want them to feel like they're part of a tribe, Karen, you know, like we, we are building this, you know, you hear a lot of companies say like our, our members are like our family. Our members are literally our family. My mom is on the platform. I have cousins on the platform. Melody has family members on the platform. So it hits different, right, when we're working on things because we're thinking about things. What's going to make it easy for my mom to onboard? My mom crushed us in, like, our beta. Like, hey, y'all got to have this. We got to have this. My sister's <laughs> the same way. You know, so it, it's something that we're thinking about. And also, too, you know, there are a lot of very negative things happening in our community that we don't realize are happening. Right. It's the, the okie doke. We're focused on all this other stuff happening over here. But behind the scenes, Black America is headed to a very dark place. Uh, by 2053, the net median income of Black America and the average family is going to fall to zero dollars. I didn't believe that when I heard that stat in 2020. Right. So this was a report by the Brookings Institute prior to the pandemic. 
So since then, we've had inflation, crazy housing market. Mm. And while we look at the misdirection racist, of the stuff going on over here. Racist housing market with bad uh, oh, yeah. appraisals and things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking all over on this side. But then when you look at the amount of money we're spending at grocery stores, gas is so high, can't afford homes. All of a sudden, everything that so many people in our community are making is literally going out the door. So you can see how, you know, in, in the not too distant future, you know, many of us are going to be upside down. So if we don't start to make aggressive changes now, you know, it's going to be trouble for us. So we want to just build that tribe with people that, you know, understand the problems that we face. But, you know, we're going to get through it together. That's how we always do it. Well, I wish both of you all the success in the world and because I wish us all the success in the world. B. Kinley, K-I-N-L-Y dot com, B. Kinley dot com, Donald Hawkins, Dr. Melody Wright. Thank you guys for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Tina. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.